Welcome to the Conversations with Anna podcast. My name is Dr. Anna Stump, the Golden Ticket Professor, a self-proclaimed edutainer. I'm a former business executive turned high school teacher turned college professor. And in the past three decades of that transition, I have spent time with several generations. And with that as my foundation, I have some stories to tell. In each episode, you'll hear stories or interviews that will help you focus on your own truth. I want you to feel accepted, motivated, supported, and then I want you to be able to take what you know about yourself and your truth, go out into this big old world we live in and apply that so you can move forward with a strategy for a more authentic life. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump in to a conversation with Anna. It's early in the day, so much I want to do. I dedicate today to breaking rules. I'm gonna stick to a strategy. I'm gonna find out exactly what I'm made of. Is there really something wrong with just smiling the whole day long? Welcome to episode 21. And today's conversation was not what I had planned for today, but a good one nonetheless. And this is actually a story I've told before on the podcast, but I think based on recent conversations, I'm going to pull it out and shine a light on it. So this is an episode where we're going to talk a little bit about dating because that's how this conversation came up. But I think we can think about this in terms of different versions of relationships, not just dating but I think a lot of those relationship situations are applicable to our friendships and people at work and sometimes family members. So I will kind of tell you how and why this came up. I had a former student over to uh, socially distance on the back porch because he'd gotten a new job uh, during COVID and had started his job and we just hadn't caught up in a really long time, Um, you know, pandemic and whatnot. So we came over and we handled, you know, a lot of conversations about work and his job and my job and family and friends and people we both know. And somehow we turned to who he was dating. And he told me a story, you know, I was seeing this girl and he's like, honestly, it was really, really good. But he said she stepped up and said, you know, this is not what I want right now. And I feel like I would grow into the relationship you're trying to have, but I, that is not where I'm at. So this young man has graduated college. This young lady had not. And he's, I was super impressed. I was like, I really like her for having that approach versus some kind of, you know, immature approach. And he was like, no, no. And he said, but you know, I've thought about this. And he said, I was trying to date her like she was someone my age, like she had graduated college and was looking at buying a house and had a career. And he said, that is not where she's at. And that isn't what she was looking for as a college student, like to have stories to tell her friends and experiences and like what she was looking at as a dating experience or fun or whatever. And I'm just like staring at him. I was like, I really hope people (laughs) your age go through these thoughts when they're approaching dating and things. And then we both laughed because we know that's not the case. This young man has an extremely what I call an old soul. And I did tell him that I was like, dude, you have a very old soul. And you have to honor that by dating 
people of the right age. And he was like, well, that is true, I guess. He's like, I've been looking at it like the flip side of that. Whereas girls mature so much faster than guys. I was always trying to date like a younger girl. And I thought, okay, that's admirable, but you should probably not approach dating from like a demographic standpoint, you know, like, but I get it. It's hard. It's extremely hard in a pandemic. Like, there are many instances I look at these young people and think, oh, better you than me. Like, I, I get it. I 100% I get it. So then he starts telling me about another girl he was dating and like why that didn't work. So I said, look, I'm going to pull out this story and dust it off because I said, you kind of remind me of what I used to have to tell boys when I taught high school, which that is not a great opener to a story with like a 20 20- two 23 year old guy. Like, let me tell you what I used to tell high school boys. But, and I really didn't know that he was going to find this so valuable, but I used to see this pattern when I taught high school, I would see all these really, really, really nice guys in high school crush on these girls. And they would just joke or like say like, she's so far out of my league or I don't have a chance with her or, you know, I can't get her attention or, you know, and again, this goes back to me being old and knowing things and them not caring that you know anything. Um, but I used to tell these guys like here, I, I want to tell you this. And then I, I want you to look around and maybe do some investigation or so observation of your own and see if you can see the truth in this. But girls your age do not like nice guys. They do not find anything redeeming about a nice guy. Because here's the catch. You look at that young lady and you see all these amazing things. Beyond her like adorable outer shell, you find her what? Like, tell me what you like about this girl. And they would always talk about how nice she is. She's so funny. She's, you know, whatever. And I'm like, okay, so here's the problem. You have more about that young lady that you like than she likes about herself. And you, it does not compute with her that you would like her for more than this physical thing she's continually trying to work on. These outfits, the haircut, the makeup, the nails, the Instagram account, the pink drink, all the things that she's constantly working on to keep up with her friends and to get attention It does not compute with her that you see beyond that into who she really is. And she does not know herself or like herself enough for her to believe you. So here's the thing. That is just how young girls are. And they travel in packs. So even if one starts to peel away and mature and grow into herself and understand, I don't have to worry about all of this external materialism. I can be me and there will be people who like that. She'll get sucked back in. It goes back to episode six where Ashley was talking about the crab pot, right? If that girl tries to climb out of the crab pot, those other girls are just dragging her back down because there's safety in numbers. So I said, look, here's the thing. I don't want you to change. I want you to continue to grow and to mature and to be a guy with a good heart. But I need for you to understand that you've got some lag time here. These girls are not going to get it until they're about 23, At 23, they start really coming to grips with the fact that, you know, what's attractive is not a guy who 
treats me bad or ignores me or makes me feel bad about myself or doesn't call me or dates me and four other girls or whatever that might be. What's really attractive is a guy who might not be as, you know, quote, hot as that other guy, but who has conversations with me, who gets to know me, who takes an interest in me, who will plan a date with me, who will go the extra mile and who really truly gets to know me. That's kind of attractive. And that is the moment I used to tell these guys, that is your moment. So from like 17 or 18 till about 23, just do you. Work on school, work on yourself. Don't take this stuff personally, which, you know, that's like telling a hysterical person to calm down. (laughs) Nobody in the history of calming down has ever calmed down because they were told to calm down. No 17, 18 year old boy is going to be like, totally get that. Totally go, not going to take this whole thing personally. It's clearly all these girls. It's not me. I'm doing dating right. I just can't get it to work so where I can actually date somebody. But I'm just going to put that on hold until I'm 23. Like that's horrible, horrible advice. <laughs> like I get that. But I did not know how else to convey to these boys. I mean, they were boys, right? 16, 17, 18 year old boys that, you know, do you get an internship, go on to college, like do your thing. And then it'll all work out. And I watched it. Over the last 15 years, I have watched it. I very rarely was able to go back and say, I told you so, but I did. So I would say the same thing to these girls. They would constantly be riled up with all this drama. I would pull them out in the hallway and I'd be like, look, I get like the homecoming dance, the prom, the spring break plans, whatever you're wilding out upset over today because of this girl group you're trying to like impress and playing around all these personality differences. I need for you to take a deep breath and grab onto reality because if I call you in five years and say, what are the five top moments of your life? Your high school prom will not be on that list. Homecoming will not be on that list. If I tell you to tell me your five besties, who's going to be in your wedding, who's your ride or die, chances are it's not going to be any of these girls right now. Have some perspective. And again, it's like, calm down. It's not, they didn't really necessarily get it, but I would say... Like, look at your siblings, look at older people, look at college experiences, like, look how people end up. It. I was like that in high school. I will tell you right now, I had this tight posse of friends in high school I could not imagine living without. I was just under the assumption that I would go to college and then we would all end up living on the same street. I mean, I couldn't imagine we would go decades without seeing each other. I'm really only in touch with a couple of them. And thanks to Facebook, if it wasn't for Facebook, I'd probably only be in touch with like one of them. But those are the moments that you live in and no one can explain you out of them. No one can talk you out of them. You have to go through those experiences yourself. I did kind of fashion myself some sort of, you know, reality checker, if you will, or some sort of outlier. I've always been the outlier. I kind of like that, actually. I kind of love being an outlier. But I always thought, you know what, if I could take a kid to the hallway, or if I could pull a kid aside at lunch, or if I could say to this kid, I know what is happening. Like, I get what you're feeling. But let me tell you what's really happening. 
Let me, let me just give you like a little bit of insight. Even if you don't believe it, let me plant just a tiny seed in all of this fertilizer. Maybe it'll grow. I don't know. But if I could just tell them, I've seen this and this is how this works out, even if they don't believe it in the moment, even if it's just that tiny whisper that's going to stick with them, I always thought that was good. So I tell this story to this, you know, college graduate and he just stares at me and he was like, Stump, you should write a book about that. (laughs) It's like, I'm not going to write a book about that, but I actually do. Watching his face as I told that story, I thought, hey, you know what? Maybe this would be a good um, podcast. So that was one reason I wanted to talk about that today. Because sometimes we get so focused on our desire for a certain outcome or our return on our investment or the results of like our constant planning or strategy or wishing or, you know, thinking. And we don't really try and give the other person enough credit or room to respond appropriately. And I think that part of it is because uh, I call it the romanticizing of the Instagram life that we're all supposed to lead. Um, A lot of it is immaturity and the choices that we make when we're very young. And how do we maintain that ideal of what your BFF is supposed to be, what your boyfriend or your girlfriend's supposed to be, what your college experience, or I mean, even your high school prom. There's really no worse place for, in my mind as a high school teacher than that stretch of spring break and prom because of the constant one-upmanship and the meddling of parents and the projection of parents' ideal of what some, you know, amazing senior spring break should look like um, between us and the Joneses and what prom should be. And, you know, and again, I taught in a couple of different school districts, one where 90% of the kids dreaded prom because they didn't have, you know, the resources to make that a thing. And another one where kids would skip school and fly to another city to buy a prom dress so nobody else had it. And by the way, that wasn't a 16 or 17-year-old girl booking her own flight and paying for her own dress. That was 100% parent-driven. So think of the amount of pressure of keeping up with your image and your ideals and what your prom should be and what your relationship should be and what friendship should be. And what high school should be and what your open house should be and what college should look like. And I mean, just constant pressure um, socially and what we really don't kind of work with these young people on are the depth and the balance and the healthy parts of these relationships. So they have a real hard time trying to traverse that. And then all of a sudden you end up like 23 years old sitting on your professor's you know, back porch, having a real awareness moment. And it's super easy to say, oh, I wish somebody would have told me that because I can pretty much guarantee if I went back and collected all of the moments that somebody did tell me something I wasn't ready to hear, I'd have been, I'd be salty. I'd be really salty about what I didn't like take on board and process, but I wasn't ready for that. I just was not ready for that. So I don't know that this is even necessarily about dating, if it's as much about 
when you struggle or when you see someone struggling or when you observe or experience that you wish another person saw you or saw someone else in this light or for that moment or this effort or that energy, you have to understand that the person that you're hoping wakes up and takes notice isn't in a place to recognize that as something that makes sense. You know, it's like that 16-year-old boy looking at that 16-year-old girl and seeing this just genuinely nice human with a good sense of humor and, you know, who's smart and all those things. And she's over there, like, you know, going through apprentice boards, trying to find the right nail polish for tomorrow, because that's where she finds a facade that will hide what she has not come to accept yet. So she can't look at this boy and be like, oh my gosh, like he sees me. She looks at him and thinks, oh my gosh, that's creepy. Like what? He's crazy. They're, they're just not on the same page. Sometimes they're not in the same book or in the same book bag. Like they're worlds apart. She's not ready for him. So that's the thing I think is really, truly important and why I popped up on episode 21 here to have a conversation about this like dating story, because I think what this is really, truly about is as you start to find that golden ticket, as you start to know yourself and accept yourself and love yourself and go out and share your gifts and your skills and attributes with the world, you will encounter more people that are not in that same headspace. They are not in that same level of acceptance with themselves. They are not in their truth. So you are going to look different. You're going to look like completely off track to them. And you have to take a deep breath and be grateful for the fact that there was such a a distance between the two of you that you could move on to the next situation. Because that really and truly is a gift. So back to my back porch, we start talking about the one young, the second girl um, that, that this young man was trying to date. And she was not the one that handled everything with maturity. She was not the one that said, you know what, I think in a few years, I would love these dates that you're putting together. But right now, I don't want epic dates. Like, I just want to hang out. I want to do the things my friends are doing with their boyfriends. Like, I don't want you to plan these super meaningful things because that's not what I'm looking for. Which, by the way, I told him, don't lose touch with her. Like, that's someone you need to, like, constantly text, you know, not constantly, but, you know, check in with her every week. How are you doing? You know, send her a little care pack, whatever. Like, that girl right there is young in age, wise in years. And that, I love that. Love that for her, love that for him someday. Like, I was like, that's a good friend, if anything, right? So cultivate that. That's great. The other girl was just constantly judgy and immature and superficial. And we're talking about that. And when I said stuff about the friends, like how the crab pot, the whole friend thing, he was like, yeah, I get I get it. He goes, by herself, You have one conversation, you have one experience with her, you hit on one level of something, and then she goes back to those friends, and she becomes somebody else. And I was like, ah, see, evidence, 
evidence that she's not quite mature. And I said, those are major, major, major red flags. And he's like, Stump, like, when do we grow out of this? And I was like, "Mm, let's see, that young lady you just described, I know people like her that are my age. (laughs) Some people never get out of that cycle. Because they are those people we've talked about in previous conversations, those codependents, those narcissists, like, they are not living in their truth. And they're never going to be in a healthy place to bring on healthy relationships. So two exhibits there, right? Exhibit A, that just young in years, wise in, you know, um, maturity, wise in her soul, just a really good girl who's like, you know, pause button on your college graduate, buying a house, having a career kind of vibe. Like I'm still over here having the college experience, but I'm not ready to let you go yet. Like she's, she was super super mature about that. And I was like, gosh, that's got everything except the fact that you just aimed too young. But again, in his mind, you know, he had this like weird threshold of of years to where the maturity would line up, which I have to love that strategy. I just love a young man with a strategy at all. Um, That was great. So that was really introspective to have that conversation and to have him say, everyone should hear this story because I have to laugh because I think back at the however many times I told this to young men and young girls in high school and had them like roll their eyes and be like, are we done here? Because <laughs> you really you can hear a message so many times until you're really ready to take it in. So I thought that was good. But then I always try and think, You know, there's so many different folks out there that listen to these podcasts that I think you're all in different place in life and you're looking for different things. And some of you listen to this for yourself. Um, Some of you, I think, are kind enough to listen to it for me. (laughs) Some of you are listening to it as um, young people. I know I've got some high school students and some college students. So I've got some parents. So I wanted always to make sure that like, I didn't just jump on here and say, let me tell you what I used to tell these high school boys, because that's not necessarily a universal message. But I do think this entire concept of making sure before you throw too much energy and too much effort and try and plow too much of a path with someone that you are being very much aware of the give and take of the balance and of the appropriate nature that you're both in this on the same level. So again, that's a work relationship that is with your colleagues It could be a relationship with your friends. It could be your family. It could be a lot of things. So it's great to give advice to young people. Love nothing more than be an old married woman and to try and help a 23-year-old on his dating journey. Um, But the other thing, too, that I think is so funny is he is of the age now that I was when I first looked at my mom and thought, have you always been this smart or did something happen to you recently? (laughs) You never, when you're young and you're going through it, you can never fathom that anyone has ever had anything happen to them like what's happening to you. Um, Because they're just not, who they're not your age. They're at the time, right? Like you can't imagine your old parents having that same experience or whatever. So I do think there is a time and a place for people to hear messages. And it is a very universal message to work on yourself, but to get that work 
um, demolished sometimes or to pause that work and put your tools down and walk away because the people that you want to spend time with or allow in aren't working. So, you know, taking a day off here or there to go lay on the beach with them is one thing, but putting your tools down and closing up shop and not working anymore on that particular project because they aren't is not healthy. So I'm not sure if this conversation was universal enough to help everyone, but I do think that we cannot constantly continue to talk about stories that move us forward or finding our own truth or working on ourselves without stopping and being aware of who's around us, where they are, how we're bringing people in, and are we sending people out? That whole balance of all of these things. Because I do think there is a certain amount of self-sabotage that happens because, you know, you get comfortable and you have to work pretty hard to really get to know yourself and to love yourself and to accept yourself. You got to, I mean, the word self was in there how many times? You really, that's some introspection. And some people are not good without the constant flurry and, you know, attention of other people. And I get that. I'm very much an extrovert, very much performer, very much get my vibe from other people. But I, you have to know when to shut that down and do your internal stuff. But then as you start to let people in to really scrutinize those things that are maybe harmful to your relationship or are turning you back to other habits or clouding over the process that you make, all of that is really important that you look at with a very discriminating eye and trust your gut too. remember the more experience you have, all of those things, you can start to trust your gut, which is the one thing the young man said to me towards the end of our conversation. He's like, I feel like what you have given me is a layer of perspective that I can start to really use as a gut check, which I thought, Oh, Hey, like if that, if I have done that for you, that's like huge. That's, that's a bigger gift than, you know, most people give us. So yeah, that was great. And the fact that he said he thought this would be worth a podcast episode. I hope that you do too. I hope this was a helpful conversation. I hope you found some things in this that would help you um, maybe mentor other people or find some value for yourself, find a way for you to make some boundaries and to process and evaluate some of your relationships. Hopefully you will learn to take things personally the right way. I think taking things personally is very important, but the right things in the right manner to take things personally. So yeah, there's a lot out there. And when it comes to matters of the heart, that's a hard one. It's really hard one, especially if you're looking for that person and you're trying not to be alone. Um, That's difficult. And again, I'm not even talking about just romantic relationships. It could be friendships and it could be situations at work, starting a new job, trying to reach out and connect with people from this like remote thing we've been rocking for several months now, and what that looks like someday. So there's just a lot there. And I don't think that these reminders are a bad thing whatsoever. I think sometimes you have to hear stories and you think she ain't talking about me. She's not talking about anything I have to do. Like, no way. But if you really listen, and you really process and you really think about what that message to that high school boy is and what that sounds like when you start to think about maybe you see things in people they are not ready to see in themselves. Are you prepared to make that case and do the work for them 
and hope they wake up one day and look in the mirror and see what you're seeing? Or is your effort and energy and intentions, are those better served someplace else? So just something to think about. Um, Not a one size fits all, certainly not anything new, because I have told parts of that story on the podcast in the past. But I just wanted to share that today and honor the fact that when people say to me, you should do a podcast episode about that, that I will for the most part, like I definitely will. Now, don't get me wrong. That's becoming a little bit of a cliche around my household. Oh, you should do a podcast on this. Um, I think my father-in-law even suggested I do one about men putting the toilet seat down, but I don't have that problem in my house. So I'm not sharing that one on my podcast. So anyway, I hope this was a helpful conversation Come check us out in my Facebook group, Conversations with Anna podcast community. You can find me on all the social medias. I would love to get an email, Anna at goldenticketprof.com. If you have ideas for podcast episodes or something you want to talk about, or you know what? Maybe you are living your truth. Maybe you have done this work. I've heard from a couple people who are doing the work. I would love to have you on the on the podcast. So reach out, reach out, put those things out in the universe. If you need to be, have an accountability partner, whatever it might be, I am here for you guys. Thank you. Mm